This is BT Techno, a regular podcast series for financial advisors wanting to remain at the forefront of strategy, regulatory and industry news. Hello and welcome to today's BT Techno podcast. My name is Brian Ashenden and I have the pleasure of leading the BT Technical Services team, a team of experts available to answer any advice, technical queries you may have about strategies for your clients. In this week's podcast, I'm handing the microphone over to Neil Sparks, BT's National Manager of SMSF Strategy, to talk about issues and considerations that arise when considering providing advice to SMSF clients on a wholesale basis. In this podcast, he will discuss when can an SMSF be classified as a wholesale client, what type of advice can actually be given on this basis, and some of the considerations on whether such an approach provides benefits or not. So, with no further ado, Neil, I'll hand it over to you. Well, thank you, Brian. Uh, Good morning. Wholesale advice to self-managed super funds. Today, I'm going to look at wholesale advice and the considerations of advisors for SMSF clients. As you know, wholesale clients may have access to a wider range of investment opportunities, but they do not receive the same level of consumer protection that apply to retail clients. For advisors, properly identifying a client as a wholesale client will reduce their compliance obligations, such as the requirement to provide an SOA, receive annual fee consent, and the new design and distribution obligations. Therefore, properly identifying between retail and wholesale clients is critical to delivering compliant financial advice. The starting position is that all clients are retail clients and they will only be treated as wholesale if they meet certain criteria, which I will detail later in the podcast. Our focus today is on when is an SMSF a wholesale client. To determine if a client qualifies as a wholesale client, advisors need to consider the financial product or service being provided. Where the financial service relates to advice to an SMSF, they will be classified as a retail client unless the fund has net assets of at least $10 million at the time the service is provided. An SMSF can only be treated as wholesale when the advice that is being provided to the trustees rather than the member. So it is the trustee that must meet the eligibility test for wholesale advice, not the trust itself. For advice relating to trustees of an SMSF, it's actually unlikely that they will meet the individual wealth tests because the SMSF needs to recognise the liability, which is the interest that each beneficiary has in the assets of the trust. So the basic system of trusts is the principle that trustees must act unanimously. They do not hold several offices. They hold a single, joint, inseparable office. So where the SMSF has individual trustees, then the client is the joint individual trustees. And it's crucial in this regard to keep in mind that individual trustees must be considered as a joint entity and not the sum of their individual circumstances. Therefore, it's only the assets or income that the individual trustees jointly own that can be counted towards the individual wealth tests. For example, when you have a husband and wife who are individual trustees of an SMSF, This could also include the value of their family home if it was jointly owned. Similarly, if they were joint trustees of a family trust. However, if one of the couple owned an investment property in their own name, then that could not be included in the net assets of the trustees. 
These individual wealth tests are frequently used by financial advisors for SMSFs, as they are relatively straightforward tests. The advisor can rely on the certification provided by the accountant, and the control tests can be used to include net assets or income held in controlled entities. Where the SMSF has a corporate trustee, then the company is the client, and it is the status of the company that needs to be considered. Now, ASIC take a view that a non-superannuation product or service, so such as investment advice that's provided to a self-managed super fund trustee, is not in regard to a superannuation product. So the test for those other financial products would apply rather than the $10 million threshold. So when you're thinking about providing financial advice to an SMSF trustee, the trustee may be treated as both a wholesale and a retail client, depending on the type of advice being provided. In addition, advisors must classify a client as wholesale for each capacity in which they are serviced, and you should obtain documents supporting a wholesale classification with respect to each entity at the outset of the relationship, even if all the entities relate to the one single client. So let's take a look at some examples of what is advice to members and advice to the SMSF trustee. Advice that is provided to the members must be treated as advice to a retail client. This is things like contribution advice or pension advice, which includes the order of a pension withdrawal, transition to retirement advice, transfer balance cap uh, advice, or recommending to establish a self-managed super fund or rollover benefits to a self-managed super fund. The insurance uh, needs and analysis of the member, so where you're not recommending a specific product provider, and estate planning, where you're looking at binding or death benefit uh, nomination types, and risk profiling. These are all examples of advice that must be to a retail client. Where the advice is provided to the trustee, this can be treated as advice to a wholesale client. Um, provided, of course, that one of those eligibility tests have been met. Now, advice to the trustee will be things like recommending an investment strategy. Uh, if there's any updates to the trustees or company constitutions, as long, as long as there's no legal advice being provided. If you're discussing the segregated or non-segregated nature of pension assets, that can be advice to the trustee of a self-managed super fund, along with any insurance advice, or advice about using reserves in the self-managed super fund. Uh, the general test for determining whether the trustee is a retail or wholesale client applies under the Corporations Act, and there's five tests that we'll have a quick look at now. Satisfying any one of these indicates that a client can be treated as a wholesale client. Now, under the general individual wealth test, the client will be a wholesale client if they have net assets of $2.5 million or more, or gross annual income of $250,000 or more for the last two years. And this will be demonstrated by a qualified accountant's certificate, uh, which remains valid for a period of up to two years. Alternatively, you can use the product value test. So the financial product to which the advice relates is at least $500,000. Products of the same class from the same issuer can be aggregated for the purposes of this test. The business test, the product or service is provided in connection with a business that is not a small business. The professional investor test includes financial services licensees, 
bodies regulated by APRA, and other than superannuation trustees acting for a trust holding less than $10 million in net assets. Persons controlling $10 million or a corporate body or unincorporated body that carries on a business of investment in financial products, interest in lands or other investments following an offer or invitation to the public, or the last test being the sophisticated investor test, where the financial service licensee is satisfied that the client has previous experience in using financial services and investing in financial products that allow them to assess the merits of the product or service, the value of the product or service, the risk associated with holding the product or the client's own information needs, and the adequacy of the information given by the licensee and product issuer. There are issues with each of these tests to determine the wholesale classification. Firstly, advisors should always apply the sophisticated investor test. It really doesn't matter if the client qualifies under the other tests. Advisors should ask themselves, is it appropriate to identify the client as a wholesale client, which is what the sophisticated investor test looks at. Do they have the knowledge, skills and experience to understand complex financial matters? Are they better informed and able to assess the risks involved in financial transactions? Will the client understand that they are waiving their rights to the consumer protection provisions that apply to retail clients? The sophisticated investor test is a solution for those investors who don't otherwise qualify as a wholesale client but have the investment experience that they don't require the consumer protections offered to retail clients. Defining sophisticated investors in section 761G and section 708 of corporations law is a more appropriate way to distinguish whether they are able to understand complex financial products than a simple wealth test. Now, the law places a heavy responsibility on the financial services licensee to certify that a client meets the required standards to be a sophisticated investor. The licensee is required to certify in writing their reasons for being satisfied, and the client must also acknowledge in writing that they have not received the documents usually provided to retail clients, things like an SOA or a PDS. Now, again, the Corpse Act is very clear in Section 761G, uh, Paragraph 7, where it refers to the offence proceedings. And it tells us that the defendant bears the evidential burden in relation to matters referred to in Paragraphs 7A to D. So this tells us that those requirements that I've just spoken about above must be there in your client's file to prove um, that you closed off on the sophisticated investor status of the client. Now, in 2014, ASIC Media released 14.191. That tells us that ASIC won't take action against anyone that has relied on an accountant certificate for a wholesale investor. So can you really give advice to the SMSF trustee uh, and retail advice to the member? Should it all just be retail advice? So a couple of other things to think about. Does anyone have an obligation to explain to the trustee uh, who is at that point a retail client the consequences of moving to being a wholesale investor? Does the provision of a wholesale investor uh, or sophisticated investor certificate actually constitute advice? 
And of course, how will the code of ethics apply? So as you know, financial advisors must abide by the code of ethics. The code is relevant when advisors are providing personal advice to retail clients. The code doesn't apply to wholesale clients. But standard one of the code tells us that you must act in accordance with all applicable laws, including the code, and not try to avoid or circumvent their intent. So when we're considering the difference between a retail and a wholesale client, uh, example two from the FASIA Code of Ethics guidance gives a good example of where the wholesale test can be inappropriately applied. In that example, we have a couple that use the services of an advisor. The advisor has a current accountant certificate indicating that the clients meet the individual wealth test. Later, one of the couple, Donna, approaches the advisor uh, independently to get advice on investing in inheritance without her partner's knowledge. Now, she has no previous investment experience, but because the advisor has the accountant certificate, he proceeds to give Donna advice as a wholesale client and makes financial product recommendations. So in the guidance, this is deemed to be a breach of standard one uh, as it circumvents the intention of the law designed to protect inexperienced investors like Donna. Um, it also identifies that it breaches standard two uh, by treating Donna as a wholesale client. Um, he's not having to comply with the retail client disclosure laws or the best interest duty and other ob related obligations. So you can see this is a good example where we're saying the sophisticated investor test is a better test because although the client has the accountant certificate uh, and meets the individual wealth test, they're not a sophisticated investor. So then if we think about standard five, you must be satisfied that the client understands your advice and the benefit, cost, and risks of the financial products that you recommend, and you must have reasonable grounds to be satisfied. So again, in the FPA guidance, the purpose of a reasonable grounds test is to show that ticking a box that your client understands your advice is not sufficient or acceptable. You must demonstrate that you've engaged with your client and discussed with your client the advice and recommendations, how these are appropriate for your client's circumstances, and broader long-term interests and likely future needs. The benefits, costs, and risks of your advice uh, and information and evidence to show the substance of the interaction with your client where you explained your advice and recommendations, including those benefits, costs, and risks, and that your client has understood. Now, these are particularly interesting. Now, even though the code doesn't apply to a client under the wholesale test, I'm left sort of wondering, well, how, how will you evidence that the client understood your advice when they won't have a statement of advice or a PDS, particularly to refer back to your advice at a later date? So this is where I think there's that, that conundrum between retail advice and wholesale advice uh, and mixing and matching from an advisor's perspective. Um, so in conclusion, I think... SMSF trustees should fully understand the products and services that they are acquiring before opting out of that retail investor framework. SMSF trustees should understand the benefits for members, such as access to investment types or lower fees, against the loss of access to dispute resolution and compensation mechanisms, and that receiving of less information. 
So not being able to refresh the advice that they've received from you uh, by rereading an SOA, for example, or looking at a product PDS or any fee disclosure sort of documentation. Advisors should be cautious when applying a wholesale investor label to a client. Now, be practical. Just because someone is a high net worth individual doesn't necessarily relate to them being financially literate. And equally, someone who is financially literate may not necessarily be a high net worth individual. Um, and ask yourself the question, who is really looking for the advice to be delivered on a wholesale basis? You or the client? Why would the client want to be advised as a wholesale client knowing what they're giving up? Is receiving some advice as a retail client and other advice as a wholesale client, is that really the best experience for that customer? And of course, consider that loss of consumer protection. Uh, is that really in the client's best interest? As an advisor, uh, it's always best to reflect on the approach that you're going to take, uh, as some of the advice may be wholesale and some retail. So consider those ethical circumstances of each client, uh, examining their relevant financial experience and knowledge, uh, which in some cases will require that a client may meet the requirements of one or more of those statutory threshold tests, um, but displays little investment experience and therefore should be treated as a retail client. Well, thanks for listening today. We've explored a few of the different areas that need to be considered by advisors uh, with SMSFs and the difference between wholesale advice and retail advice. Um, so I'll hand back to you, Brian. Thanks very much. Well, thanks, Neil. There sure is a lot to consider when contemplating providing advice to clients, particularly SMSF clients, on a wholesale basis. Now remember, if you have any technical advice strategy questions, you can access the expertise of the BT Technical Services team on 1800 655 901 or send the team an email at technical at And you can also join us for our fortnightly BT Academy technical webinars when we will discuss all things technical and the latest regulatory changes. Our next fortnightly webinar, episode 36, will take place at midday Australian Eastern Summer Time on Wednesday the 6th of October 2021, where Matt Manning, one of our BT technical consultants, will present on Centrelink's Pensions Loan Scheme, which allows older property-owning Australians to receive a tax-free payment each fortnight to help supplement their retirement income. And for many, the Pension Loan Scheme may be a more favourable alternative to a reverse mortgage or reducing their expenditure. Now, do remember that the session is scheduled for midday Australian Eastern Summer Time, and this is the first webinar after daylight savings kicks in for half the country. So please ensure you adjust your diaries appropriately. To register, head to www.bt.com.au forward slash professional and follow the links to the BT Academy Technical Webinar Series. And you can also view our previous webinars and all sessions are accredited for CPD purposes. Until next time, bye for now. BT Tech knows, and now you know. Join us next time to keep ahead of the curve for strategy, regulatory, and industry news. This podcast has been developed for financial advisor use only and provides general information only. It does not take into account any particular individual's objectives, financial situations, or needs.